everyone, Bob WP here. Do the Woo special episode of Woo Perspective. I'm, we were practicing our um, late night DJ voices, me and Zach. So I'm, I'm just going into that mode for the moment because this is such a laid back conversation we have here and the, the topic itself lends to that. Anyway, once again, welcome. Episode 99. Would like to thank my community sponsor, PayPal, before I dive into this great conversation. Uh, buy now, pay later. Option for your clients. They're already using PayPal. Uh, seems to be catching on. I, I even noticed more are getting into the pay later and breaking it up into payments. So definitely check that out for your clients or if you sell plugins or whatever, you may check it out yourself. This is like one of those topics that I am just looking forward to these three just kind of geeking out on because um, I actually probably will learn something from it myself because I'm not the most knowledgeable in load testing with WooCommerce. But before we do that, you got to meet these three faces because if I'm just going to continue to talk, this show is going to go nowhere. Robert, why don't you start with uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Bob, and really appreciate being able to be on a Woo Perspectives. Woo <laughs> uh, I don't have the radio voice. I don't think that'll ever occur. Uh, Robert Jacoby. Uh, I run robertjacoby.com. It's an industry analysis and media site. Uh, we publish morning coffee most mornings. And I've been in the open source agency SaaS and hosting arenas for 20 years. So I've touched a lot of these parts. Maybe it's a lot of broad knowledge, not super deep, but that's why I'm glad uh, Zach and Lowry are here. All right, cool. Lowry, how about yourself? So yeah, I'm Laura Casti. I'm founder and CEO of supervisor.com. Um, we are building uh, the easiest and uh, most realistic way to load test your website. And I guess that's why I've in, I'm invited here. Excited to be here. All right. And Zach, how about yourself? I, you're, you're a little known in the wound space. A little known. Uh, so I founded an agency a few years ago. Uh, I'm no longer there. And uh, right now, I basically am consulting with a number of, uh, of companies, one of them being TenUp. Uh, we're doing a lot of uh, consulting and contracting, working on some opportunities, and exploring the e-commerce space together. So that's been a lot of fun. Cool. Well, I think we are ready to, um, um, yeah, to dive into this. I mean, this is, this is one of those topics that I swear, as long as I've been in the woo space, it's been load testing and I'll be honest with you. I understand the word load. I understand the word testing, but there's a lot more behind just those two words. Why don't I let Lowry start out and just talk a little bit about what load testing is. And then I'd like the other two, Robert and Zach to chime in on this and carry it out. And then we're just going to dive into it. I'm going to let you three, kind of carry the weight on this and give some builders out there, especially these new builders or builders that aren't familiar with this, the challenges around load testing. So how about it, Laurie? Yeah. So I think load testing, it sounds like really geeky and something like, like it's super difficult and difficult to understand. Basically it's all, 
only about the thing that how many concurrent simultaneous users you can have on your website at the same time. And that's something that nobody actually really knows really well. So we do know that how fast your website is right now. You can just go to your website, and, but you don't know what happens if 100 users or 1000 users comes there at the same time. And that's the problem. And with load testing, you can figure that out. And that's the basic idea there. Anyone want to carry that a little bit further even? Oh gosh. Well, Larry said users, but so when you use load testing tools, users is such a giant word that should be in the world's biggest quotation marks, because it seems like every different load testing service, and there's a a number of them. I mean, supervisor is absolutely fantastic. I use that on my site all the time. Uh, but you have GT metrics, you have kernel IO, you have K6, which used to be load impact. And, you know, there's, there's a, I don't want to say bait and switch because I don't think that's really accurate, but you know, for uh, excitement's sake, let's call it a little bait and switch. They'll, they'll say users and those mean completely different things. And I'm, I'm sure Zach or Larry can, can explain better the differences in the users that I can, but sometimes it seems like a user just happens to be a, a little bot somewhere running versus what an actual user might really do on a site. That's definitely been my experience with most load testing tools is that uh, it takes a significant amount of effort to make it do anything other than just hammer the site with fake users, right? Um, So these bot-based users that don't really do anything except maybe go to a couple of pages. Um, And since we're talking about WooCommerce in in an e-commerce context, load testing is more complicated because you have to do things that a user of an e-commerce site would do. You have to add a product to the cart. You have to go to the checkout page. You have to go through all of those processes because, you know, in WooCommerce, uh, especially the checkout stage is really database intensive and heavy. There's over a hundred records being inserted into the database when you hit checkout. So we need to make sure that the site can handle load but that it can handle load at all stages of the customer interaction with the site up to and including checking out. So how how does a bot fail in that regard versus another solution? Well, it's all based on how well you can train the bot, right? So if you can train the bot to uh, pick a random product and go in and you know, add that to the cart and go back to the homepage and add another product to the cart and then, you know, go through to the checkout and, uh, or the cart page, then the checkout and actually check out, then you're testing everything that load could possibly cause on the site. If you're not doing all of those things, then you're missing a step somewhere and you're going to be very surprised when one of those things becomes the thing that takes your site down. So, that that's just like the scripting of it yeah. or learning how to script. But I, but I kind of want to jump back to the user perspective too, because I think there are, and I think, you know, correct me or uh, ex- expand upon it, Lowry, but supervisor handles users differently than say someone like uh, kernel IO or load impact. 
Yeah, so uh, what we do, we actually have uh, an army of uh, software robots and they actually use real web browsers and then they come to the site and they'll click it, click through all the links and add uh, product to shopping cart and do all the same things as, as, as a normal user would do on your site. So that way um, the test is complete and everything will be tested. Um, the other tools allow you to build maybe something similar, but typically it's really tedious. It can take a lot of many days to build those scripts and it's still not complete. They don't usually load all the pictures, all the CSS files. Uh, it can be tricky to, you know, fill up all the order forms and stuff like that. So it's mainly just like touching the base, but we are doing the real deal. So we are sending actually as many users as you like the site and they'll behave just like normal, normal people. So that's our approach and it's completely automated. So we actually, we can recognize that it's, it's a WooCommerce site and it can automatically click products to shopping cart without anybody scripting anything. So the big difference then is that you're spinning up an instance of a complete browser where someone else may just be using um, something like uh, wget or whatever uh, in, a, in a different environment. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, so basically the other tools are just a bunch of requests in sequence. And the problem with that, that it, it's actually impossible to time them correctly, how they would be actually done in, in browsers. They they can sort of they the the way those work is that you sort of record your session, but it's actually inaccurate because when you have a lot of uh, load, um, the timings are not correct anymore. So then you don't know what is actually happening. So that's the problem with uh, these um, uh, request based um, tools. But now we are jumping to like the really really nerdy part, like. <laughs> So of, of load testing. So I guess, you know, I think the basic message is that whatever you do, you should do load testing whatever, with whatever tool. And then there are different approaches and, uh, and so on. So, so I've kind of looked at it in, in sort of three different ways. Like I love to use GT metrics just for a simple speed test. Like where is, you know, a static quick view of the homepage? Where am I at? You know, how am I hitting uh, Google 99's new Core Vitals 4000 uh, version of software and making sure I'm getting those nice marks. But so I'll use that just as a sort of quick speed test. I think I think everyone should just do that because that's just a one-off. I mean, if your site is slow with something like GT Metrics, it's going to be even worse under heavy load. Yay, nay, I'm going to go with yay. <laughs> um, and then... So that next step is like a load test. And, you know, even with like a blog-based site, we're not even in Woo land yet. You know, you, if you hammer the heck out of someone's homepage, you should get an idea of where it starts cracking, you know, at, at what level. Um, you know, you, you can almost hear it, you know, okay, a thousand concurrent users and all of a sudden it's screaming over the internet. And then I think we really get to the, the hardcore stuff for like WooCommerce world, which is sort of that complete performance testing where, you're trying to do all of that at once, right? Because you can't put all the article articles, uh, products um, and carts and all that into a CDN. So you don't have that luxury of 
uh, uh, Cloudflare supporting a lot of that. Or, or, or can you sneak some of that in? Zach, you're the developer uh, du jour. Well, yeah, you can, you know, you can sneak some of those things in. It's, it's all about how you, um, how you run your test and, you know, you can do a lot with something as simple as JMeter, right? But it takes a lot of effort to get there. And that's where I've been really impressed with uh, some of the newer tools, supervisor included, that are trying to use AI to eliminate those decisions and all of that programming to get you to the point where you're ready to run a test. Um, now, you can do just about anything with code. You just have to have the time and the skill to do it, right? So, you know, JMeter can do anything you want it to do. You just probably don't want to spend the time writing all the Java to make it happen. Yeah, one of the things I'm curious about, and I'm I'm coming from the complete naive Bob here, uh, listening to this and, you know, you're talking about the tools and there's ways, you know, developer can do it, but it's very time consuming. How does this all play into, okay, let's say you have a site, you have several, maybe hundred products on there, maybe thousands, whatever. And it comes time for um, Easter and you kind of have, you know, a certain crowd or a certain influx of people coming to your site on that. And then comes around Christmas and now you have a different influx. It might be a lot more or whatever. Does, you know, it seems like, I I don't know. And then again, I'm, I'm asking this from a, um, uh, a naive point of view. Is the testing going to be different each time for those specific, you know, because you know maybe certain people coming in? Or is it pretty much just cross the board? It's just that process of going through, hitting on a product, going through each step. And I think maybe, I don't know, Zach and Lowry can maybe touch on that because especially from the automated side of things. But is it like, you can kind of set it and say, okay, here comes a big influx. It doesn't matter what products are going for. It doesn't matter if it's 10 times or 20 times. Well, how do you prep for that? How does somebody prep for that? So I'd say from my experience, um, the most important things to prep for load testing are making sure your site performs well to begin with. <laughs> so um, that's probably the biggest step. Make sure that, you know, with caching turned off, it still works and it works well. Um, And then turn caching on is just that layer of additional support. Um, Because if the site performs well with caching, but performs like a dog without it, you are, you have a bad site. Um, So, you know, taking a look at that and, and making sure you've set the stage appropriately for this, this load testing before it happens. And then, um, I always recommend trying to double or triple the number of visitors you think you're going to get. You know, I've worked with uh, a number of companies that have ended up on Shark Tank. And every time that they have a rerun, they have an influx of traffic. And Shark Tank is syndicated pretty much everywhere. So there's a lot of reruns and a lot of traffic spikes. So you have to make sure that these companies are ready to handle that. And, you know, you have to continue to load test on a a regular basis to ensure that they're ready 
each time that those things happen and that when significant changes have happened to the site that you're load testing again because you never know with that last plugin you added to you know support um a, a new feature that you wanted is going to be the one that introduces code that slows your site down to a point where your server just buckles under the pressure of the traffic you have during a traffic surge. Zach, I think you made the greatest point because I just came across this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, every time you install a plugin or do an update, I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to just say, okay, check your site once a month. But uh, I was just playing around with different speed tests because it's fun to do every once in a while. I'm like, wow, this, this is coming in kind of strangely. It wasn't like a dramatic change in performance, but uh, you, you can tell with certain tools where the uh, GT metrics, for example, has a waterfall. So you can see exactly where some of the things might be coming in slowly. And I'm looking at this for the longest time. Like, why is this plugin that's been on here forever mm-hmm. causing a problem? And in fact, this plugin doesn't really do much. It, you know, it, it it, it does stuff on the back end and it just has this tiny little front end portion to it. Um, it's not a tracker or anything. So that, that was even weird. It wasn't like uh, Google analytics or something like that hiding in there. Right. Right. Uh, I discovered they were importing a whole bunch of font files that were never, <laughs> ever being utilized. And they were being imported on the front end, even though they were just being used on the back end for the admin. Oh, well, they weren't even being used on the back end. They just weren't being used. But the default for that plugin was to import a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, non-Latin character set fonts because uh, it supports m- uh, multiple languages. And I would have literally never, ever discovered or found that if I hadn't been load testing. <laughs> I, mean, just, I mean, because it it wasn't like dramatic, but it was enough. There was just something that seemed off. And I was just like, why is this? like 0.1 seconds slower than it should be. I, yeah, I'm crazy that way, but. Did do a, an entire series on, uh, you know, running a sub 800 millisecond uh, WooCommerce site that I, I spoke at a number of WordCamps about. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And just a simple change, like you said, could, could do so much to modify uh, your, your speed. And I, I, I'd like to take it just a step further. So the load testing tools see an external view, right? And they they show you what's happening in response from the outside world. But you also need something that tells you what's happening inside your server. So using something like an application performance monitoring tool on the server side, uh, my favorite is New Relic, and uh, seeing how PHP is executing and how database calls are happening, seeing server metrics that you don't get from that external view, and being able to take the two and marry them together into one uh, overall view of how the site is performing is a phenomenal thing. Uh, And it'll change your life (laughs) in a number of ways. I I can't magically depend on my hosting company to be doing that for me? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Most of them are, you know, most of the top tier WordPress hosts are really good, um, but they don't write the code that you're using in the plugins you're using. So there's no way for them to know what garbage you're putting into your site. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying all plugins are garbage. I'm saying there's a lot out there. And in an open source community, you never know the quality of what you're putting on your site unless you test it. 
So I'll ask this one of, uh, of Lowry. Um, okay. So yes, test, test the sites. That's great. Is there a way for developers to uniquely test, you know, those plugins that are being utilized? Is, is there some magical way if I'm a plugin developer, developer to be like, well, I need to test version 1.2 performance versus 1.3 performance on that plugin? Well, I think you would just need to, you know, have different um, environments, you know, maybe a staging environment test, you know, the different plugins there and then load test them. And uh, we like to always test like the whole thing together. You know, you could just test the, maybe the one plugin, but it's always best to test the whole complete solution, your whole site, and then to see what the performance is there. But I, I think, uh, you know, one of the, problems with, with many apps that they just have the production environment. They don't have staging. They don't have a Q&A environment. So they just, when they do an update to their site, they just update the production site directly, which is quite reckless. And there, there is a better way, but, you know, there's a lot of education needed. I don't know anyone who does that. You you're, you're must be kidding. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'd go a step further and say that the, the most important part about those staging and QA environments is that there is parity with the production environment. Yeah, yeah. Not different. They can't be different because if you're load testing a staging environment. They're always different. I know, I know. And yeah, if you're load testing a staging environment, you're not load testing what your production environment looks like unless they're identical. Yeah. The customer first, they always say it's, it's totally uh, identical. And then when, you know, the te- that environment crashes, then they say that, oh, actually it wasn't, but. <laughs> I, I assume you can load, te- you know, speaking of staging environments, you know, with uh, tools from Flywheel and Kinsta, you can have that super desktop local environment, which could be your staging. Can you use Low t- I, Zach, I, I could see you roll your eyes all the way back here. <laughs> That's not similar as your uh, production uh, hosting uh, environment. Hopefully, aside from your laptop, you know, then it's not good. But but my question, <laughs> correct. But if if, if my uh, laptop hosting staging hosting development environment actually does perform okay, sh- shouldn't I have an expectation that it'll be much better on production? Or no? Or is that just, I, I can't make that kind of assumption? Generally not. Um, just simply because your local environment, if if you're using something like local by Flywheel or uh, any of the other tools out there, uh, even something like um, the Laravel tools or uh, something that would, uh, would create a local environment um, that can run WordPress, those server configurations first aren't going to match what you're running in production at all in most cases. Um, And second of all, they're not going to match the network traffic piece. And that's where, you know, load testing becomes really interesting is seeing what path is this traffic taking from all of these locations that it could possibly be coming from. And you know, what hops are, are required to get to the server? How is DNS resolving? And all of these little things that you would think wouldn't matter at all. Um, I mean, there's, there's this thing called, uh, 
I, th- I believe it's OCSP stapling, which is a way to staple your certificate result from your SSL provider to uh, an initial response so that once it's generated, it, it can be cached for a while. So normally when somebody comes to your site, they get to the site and then your server says, hey, I have an SSL certificate. I need to go to contact my certificate authority and I need to get my certificate back from my certificate authority. And then the, the certificate authority has to do a lookup and then bring the certificate back to the server. And then the server serves it to the browser. So OCSP stapling allows you to, on the server level, cache that certificate authority response for a period of time so that you eliminate a couple hundred milliseconds of that round robin with the certificate authority. These are you know, all very interesting things, but they're all related to how DNS resolves and how the server forms its initial response as part of that uh, time to first bite. Thanks to our sponsor, PayPal. PayPal offers buy now, pay later options that your clients can use to help increase their sales on their WooCommerce shops. They give store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they are more likely to make a purchase at a retailer that offers interest-free payment options? And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments rather than use a credit card. Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Your clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or costs. All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the marketplace at WooCommerce.com. I suggest you just head over there, click on the marketplace, and search for the PayPal checkout for your next client project. Because suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. I would just like to thank PayPal for being our community sponsor at Do The Woo. And now back to the conversation. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. And I'm going to I'm going to lay something, especially on um, Laurie and uh, Zach. Let's say Bob says the heck with podcasting. I just want to I want to become an e-commerce. I'm going to build WooCommerce shops for people. And of course, we're talking about bizarre world because that's never going to happen. But I start getting into it and I'm putting up client sites and, you know, they have 10 products and maybe some have 20 and I'm kind of easing into it. I want to know, I start, I listen to this and I start thinking, when do I need to start doing this? You know, I, I feel like maybe I have a simple site, you know, in my mind, I'm going to say, okay, I'm running, you know, a nice clean theme, you know, maybe storefront. I have WooCommerce. Maybe I have a total of 10 plugins on there. Everything's going cool. My client has 10 products. This one has 20. This one has maybe 25 is this something I should be preparing myself for or preparing my clients for, or, you know, I don't look bad or is there some breaking point along the way that I need to start seriously looking at, you know, we need to do this or I I guess it's a simple, simple site. Is it still good to load test it for my clients? And I mean, simple by, you know, very minimal stuff. Yeah, you know, even if you would have just a simple, simple one pager, you should actually load test it 
if you plan to get any kind of meaningful traffic there, you know, so if, if, if the site is going to be that nobody's going to visit it any, 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 any way, so it doesn't matter, then you don't need to load test. But if you ex expect to get visitors there and a lot of concurrent users, then you should load test. And it doesn't matter if you have one product, 10 products or 1000 products. It's the amount of how many people are coming at the same time to your site. That's the bottleneck. That's the problem. Yep. And there is no hosting pro provider saying that we can handle 1000 concurrent users. They don't tell that. They tell that, okay, you have uh, one gigabyte of uh, disk space and you have this and this and this, but they don't tell you how many users can handle there. So how big is your store? You know, if you have a physical store, you know, it's a limit. You, you can get, you know, 50 people can get in at the same time or 100 or if you have a bigger like a supermarket could be even 1000 but with your e-commerce store you don't know so you you should test it and even if you think that it's okay it's just starting maybe it's good to test it to to know the limits then you know later on that okay if we will put some money on the marketing um we have we have to be aware that we can only under, handle maybe 200 users at the same time or something like that. So it's always a question of being prepared. Right. Well, and you asked two questions there and the answer to both of them was yes. But uh, what I would say is that there are certain markers that I would look at as indicators that it would be a good time to do a load test. Uh, one is, are you going to be spending money on advertising your store to drive traffic to it? If you're going to spend money to drive traffic to your site, you should probably know that you're spending money that's going to drive traffic that's going to be able to stay on your site. Um, so that's a, that's a good indicator. Uh, have you made significant changes? That's uh, a marker that I would say warrants a, lo a load test. Um, are you going to be featured in you know, media of, of some sort, whether that be you know, being on Shark Tank or your local news station or uh, the story that I've told for a number of years now about my friends at Oscar Mike who called me on Thanksgiving Day because they had been interviewed by Jeff Joniak, the voice of the Chicago Bears, in the Chicago Bears locker room set about their company and didn't call me beforehand and got about 10 orders before the site and server it was on died because the server had the email server for every email that was being sent on the same VPS. So yes, um, these are markers that you should really look at as opportunities for load testing. And you know, they're not the only ones. There are significant events that happen every year, every holiday sale. If you're going to have a Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale, if your site is selling products that might be popular over Christmas, <laughs> um, you know, or if, if you happen to run a niche site where all you sell is Easter eggs, well, you should probably load test before Easter. You know, those are the markers that I look at as, as indicators for when those types of things should happen. And I guess in, in reality, you could think of it as who knows if somebody will drop your product in a viral um, video and you don't even know it's going to happen. And suddenly you're wondering, you know, everything's coming left and right. And next thing you know, it, 
you're, you're having issues and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it sounds like be prepared. I mean, I, I personally, um, don't think everybody's going to, I don't have that many sponsor spots for my podcast, so I don't have to worry about that on my side, fortunately, but, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, and we forgot to mention the one huge, huge factor in why you should always low test, no matter how big your site is. Google takes that speed into account for search engine results. So your, you know, SCRPs, your search engine result page or position, you know, is, uh, you know, modified by how quickly your site is. So, you know, even with a, a you know, the simplest of blogs, if it's running on some horrendous shared overload server um, and you're not getting your, that page up, you know, in, you know, five seconds, you're never going to wind up anywhere on Google. Wait, you mean in the hosting world, we're not supposed to put 2000 sites on one server, you know, just like when, you know, planes uh, put, you know, 5,000 people into the seats. <laughs> yeah. There's all, there's overselling everywhere. <laughs> as far as, the people that come to you for your service, do you, and maybe you don't even know this, do you, do you get a lot of them coming to you because they've hit that wall? It's almost like they came to you, I don't want to say too late, but they realize the need, or is there a lot more coming to you that understand I need this in place and be prepared? Um, well, I think uh, the most of them, they come like just before like Black Friday or just before they are going to launch. And then they are really self-confident that everything will go fine because, hey, we have uh, AWS and auto-scaling, so, you know, it's going to work. Or we have Cloudflare, so it's going to work. And then we test, and then the results are usually pretty horrible because actually, you know, it's, it's, it's actually quite a low number of users that, you know, average website can handle if there has not been any like good um, uh, performance engineer or a sysadmin there. So the number could be really low. So that's the first problem that it's always like really, really at the late, late stage that, okay, we are going to live tomorrow. Let's just test it now. So we are sure. And then we say that, no, uh, it's, it's going to crash. And then they are like, then there is a like, huge problem that we need to solve in like, 24 hours. So that's like the one thing that there should always be like a really good time before, you know, you have the big day so that you can actually also repair the problem. Well, I'll even go a step further and say, uh, if you don't know, if you're going to be able to handle the traffic that you're going to get, there are these uh, services called queuing services that can set up a queue in front of your website and you determine how many simultaneous users can hit your server. And they will put the others in a queue and make them wait to get to your site. And uh, most of these solutions are JavaScript-based. There's one from Qit that I've used in the past. Um, they just take over when the person first hits your site and then put them into a holding pattern if there's too many planes trying to land at the airport. But yeah, I think you could also solve it problem and then just serve everybody at the same time so oh absolutely absolutely i think a combination of the two is sometimes necessary though uh, because even with the best optimized website and horizontal scaling across 30 or 40 servers you could generate enough traffic to uh take all of those web heads down it's hard 
but it's possible. What does this holding pattern, this, that intrigues me. I'm just picturing this. You're put in this little room with all the, no, I'm, I'm just kidding, but maybe a virtual room. You know, what are we waiting for here? Go on to Ticketmaster to try to get tickets on the day that they come out and try and beat the, uh, the bots to buying concert tickets. That is, or event tickets. Um, those queue solutions that Ticketmaster uses, well, they actually use Qit, the one that I mentioned. Um, they put you in this little holding place with a timer that tells you, I mean, even Sony's using it for the PlayStation 5 that nobody can buy. Um, th- they queue all the, tra- all the traffic to the site and they trickle it in. That's amazing. I'm, I'm just picturing that, you know. Um, yeah, anticipating. Standing in line at your desk. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to be a little bit cautious, that I, I think in average... Uh, your customers might not like that solution so much. That's very true. I, I've heard of queues of hundreds of thousands of people, but those are rare. Yeah. It seems like it would have to be a product that's very wanted at that moment. I mean, it's like, this is the only place you can get it and it's going to be gone here soon type of thing and stuff. Or, you know, otherwise, yeah, I'm going to go look for this somewhere else. Bye-bye. You know, I don't need it right now. So interesting stuff. Well, um, to wrap this up, what I'd like to do is is have you give one last, maybe something I haven't covered or one last, you know, piece of advice to all those builders out there that are now thinking, my God, I think I need to start doing this for my clients on a regular basis and, and get things in place. Um, why don't we, you know, I don't know if you have anything to add. I'll just kind of leave it open in case there's something we feel we've said it all. I think it's, you know, low test early, low test often. I mean, the solutions are, the low testing solutions are actually really inexpensive for what you're, you know, across the board. So even if you're just doing the smallest load test, um, you're not going to spend a lot of money, you know, or, I mean, almost every one of these has a, has a free option just to get a general idea. So there's no excuse not to use the free option. Um, and then, you know, see where you know, you can tweak and get better at, but low test early, low test often. Yeah. I'd even take that a step further. Um, I would say, you know, based on your comment, Robert, about uh, cost, if your site goes down during a sales event and you lose a thousand sales with an average order value of $30, how much did that just cost you? Well, supervisor, your uh, your most popular plan, your thousand simultaneous users, is uh, just under five hundred a month, right? Yep. So, if you have the potential to lose thirty thousand dollars, or you can uncover problems by spending five hundred, which one would you take? I think it's a no brainer, personally, for any store owner. Simple math, there. Yep. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, I would also add that it's actually quite difficult to host uh, WordPress so that it can handle a lot of users. It's not a simple problem, you know. So most of your web host, your web hosting providers can do it. Um, you will need a lot of expertise to scale WordPress. So you'll need some help with scaling. And the first step is to load test and then you'll 
figure out that if you need help and most likely you you will need help so that's the why, that's the reason why to start testing early all right excellent well um yeah i think this is a good um preview of just how geeky this show can get and i i'm going to um um get all the the developers in here to um listen to this particular episode because yeah this is this is deep really deep so that's good so we we like to get geeky where can uh yeah i'd like people to be able to connect with you you know reach out if they want to continue the conversation or maybe even ask ask a question about load testing um lowry why don't we start with you where can people find you on the web so just head to supervisor.com uh that's our our site you can try out our solution uh, for free. And then there's also some different plans if you want to test with bigger amount of users. And we are happy to help. Uh, we, we can even do a free test for your site. So just connect through my, my website and uh, let's get going. How about you, Zach? Well, I'm Z-Stepek, Z-S-T-E-P-E-K, uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the all the things, including Clubhouse. Um, and if you want to uh, learn more about what I do, you can go to zackstepic.com. Well, it's going to be the names.com everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> Except for Lowry, who somehow got the best domain name, onewordenglish.com. Uh, uh, you can reach me at robertjacoby.com. I'm Robert Jacoby on Twitter. Uh, those are the easiest places. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, but Twitter and uh, robertjacoby.com. Excellent. Well, that's it. Yeah, this has been a great show. Uh, again, thanks to PayPal. Check out their um, pay later options for sure, especially for your clients or for yourself. And I just might drop a note here that we are going to be um, announcing soon, or if not already announced, um, the Woo Builder Meetup. So kind of look at it as events. Uh, Zach is a co-organizer. If you want to get really geeky with that, um, I mean, he's going to be talking, I mean, this is code. This is deep into the code of code. That's all I can say. So so watch his uh, monthly meetup. Uh, Robert will be joining us, some stuff there. And I'm sure Lowry, I'll be having him in on some different things. But we're going to have um, some great weekly stuff, a good variety. So check that out. Just go to meetup.com and look for WooCommerce Builder Meetup. And you'll, you'll find us there. So again... Thank you, three gentlemen, for joining me. Um, Good conversation. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Until next time, do the boo.